All right, well, good morning and welcome to the firehouse. Um, thanks for joining us here. I think it's been a crazy, uh, boy, it's been a crazy Christmas, New Year's, been traveling and getting around here. And I know some of you, um, I've got to say it, but uh, some of you, it feels like I haven't seen you since last year sometime. And so, uh, you know, and it's true, but uh, more than a feeling there. But anyways, thanks for joining us this morning. We're uh, glad a number of people here for considering the cold, and I think the Broncos aren't playing. That helps a little bit too. So, uh, but I'm going to go ahead and pray. And really, our time just to give you a heads up this morning, we're going to just be sharing some some thoughts and some lessons, maybe that people came back with from uh, Christmas and from the Frontline Conference. And so, if you've got a, a lesson that you feel like you'd like to share with people what God taught you. Uh, we're going to do that. I'll probably wrap up that time just with a, a lesson or two God gave me, and, and that will be our message. So also, if you feel like there's something you know God's taught you or put on your heart, uh, maybe it's a New Year's resolution or something that you think would be encouraging to others, you don't have to have been to Frontline to share this morning. So um, you can be thinking about that. But I will be up here watching, keeping a close eye on people, making sure uh, we watch our time. So... Uh, and anyways, we'll pray real quick and, and we'll jump into that. So, uh, Well, Heavenly Father, I just, I just want to thank you for this morning, Lord, just uh, coming back together with uh, just a, our, my church family, Lord, with my brothers and sisters who, who love you. And God, it's just a blessing to worship you together. God, I pray that, um, you know, you would just bless this time of sharing here, God, that you would have verses and encouragements or, or even challenges that, that each one of us are are wrestling with and, and that we could share them and we may all be spurred on by them or encouraged by them or, or challenged by them if needed. But God, we, uh, we just thank you for the chance to come together and worship you and, and hear from you and pray you bless this time and um, I just thank you for meeting with us here this morning. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, let's see here. Yeah, so we'll, we'll just start. I know there was some, uh, this was the first year we ever did the conference called Frontline out in Moab. A lot of people have asked me why did they not call it a Faith Walkers, and um, that's a very good question. I'm not exactly sure the details, but uh, I know it was maybe different enough that they said, hey, uh, let's just market this separately, but in a lot of ways, if you ask me, it was just like a lot like Faith Walkers in the past here, so... Um, um, but we're going to just take some time. We had told people at the conference that if you had a thought that, or something that God taught you, um, we'll just be prepared to share this morning. So some of you have, have been prepared. Um, some of you, if you feel like, you know, God's put something on your heart you'd like to share, that's great as well. And, and then, uh, you know, I'll wrap things up with, you know, a few lessons. I think God spoke to me and, and then we'll call it a morning here. So, um, but let's start if there's any... Is there any brave souls, volunteers here that would like to um, kick things off from the, the Faith Walkers, I mean, front line or Faith Walkers or any, any of the above here? This is always the awkward part. Um, let's see here. Oh, here we go. Pat and Emily, come on down. Woo! Thank you guys for breaking the ice here. morning. Um, it's great to go. We were able to leave our kids with my folks, so we got a little time away, which was great. <laughs> great vacation sort of for us, but um, to me, on the whole, just being able to sort of soak up the foundational, the fundamental parts of our faith, we spent the better part of a day and a half discussing 
the word of God, how we can trust it completely, um, how we can uh, just depend on the truth of what's presented in the word and then uh, pretty pretty good review also of the beginning part of Genesis and God's creation of man and woman and uh, just what that means to us now in terms of how men and women live in the world and how we're different. Um, just being able to soak all that up, I'm still kind of trying to figure out the details of what we learned there. But really appreciate it. Yeah, um, I'm a pretty uh, applicable, like, teaching kind of person, so I really appreciated uh, when, I think it was Todd, spoke on, um, uh, is Jesus unique? Um, as opposed to other religions and and um, other su- supposed deities in other religions. Um, and he, he just shared like a, um, an acronym, BLESS, B-L-E-S-S, on how to share Jesus in our culture today. Um, and B stands for begin with prayer, so praying for them. L is for love through listening. E was for eat, which I like that one. Go to the people and eat with them. <laughs> S is serve, show Jesus' character through serving them. And the last S is share your story and Jesus' story. And he, he um, said that it would, it would be good to memorize three of Jesus' stories to start with. So you can just kind of start with that and, and dialogue about, hey, did you hear about Jesus and the woman at the well or whatnot? So, anyway. All right, thank you, guys. I had a... Had the opportunity uh, to have as as roommates uh, Pat and Emily and Greg Miller and his two boys there. So uh, I don't know that uh, uh, we had we had a fun time to get a lot of laughs there. I I learned some things that maybe on a less spiritual note I learned some decoration vernacular and things like that. But I for the first time I, I learned a new word. This word will not change your life or probably affect you at all. But um, there's a style, a design style that has the, have you guys seen the, uh, it's like a flute player and it's got this person with this and uh, have you ever heard of Coco Pelli? Yeah, I had not either. But I learned a lot about that our house was decorated and this, this was their favorite trademark in the place we stayed. But we had a lot of laughs learning about Coco Pelli or Popo Kelly or what was that? I'm still learning about it. But anyways, we had fun with the Myers there and they probably will never room with us again, I bet. <laughs> so anyways, uh, let's see who else we have. Uh, Rob, come on down. Rob and Michelle, you guys give them a warm welcome. Well, we did this the opposite of Myers. We brought all our kids with us. So we had five of them with us. and uh, But it worked out really well. They did, they did good in the conference. And uh, to make sure you have enough electronic devices to keep the little ones occupied. And anything goes smoothly. Uh, but for, uh, second of all, it was... Uh, actually, we had, we had never been to a Faith Walkers before. And uh, it's never worked out. And Parsh, but some of timing-wise, some of it was like we get close to Faith Walkers and say, like to go, but we don't have any money. So, so this past year we decided we're going to go. So we started saving up every month, putting some money away uh, to go. And so I encourage you, if you, I encourage you guys, if you think about going, just, you can start this month, start putting some money away, just just so you can make sure you can go because it's it's well well worth the time. And if they have it in Moab again, I, I'd say really go because not only it's teaching's great, but the the area around I'd never been there before, and it was incredible. Uh, Arches National Park, National Park, and Canyonlands, um, both are just spectacular places, and and I think you get an off-season rate too there because it's pretty cheap to get into the parks. But anyway, back to the spiritual stuff. Uh, um, for me, uh, John Meyer spoke on Genesis two, and uh, um, just how I'd heard this before: how we're created in God's image. And God created us male and female in God's image. And I'd heard that before, but I never connected it with the idea of marriage. That together, as man and wife, we kind of complete the image of God, if you would, here on earth. And that, that really struck me. as I never thought about that before. That really gives a whole different meaning to holy matrimony then. And, um, and made me think, wow, man. So, I, I, this... this puts a whole nother 
layer of, of holiness really on, on marriage and how sacred it really is. And um, so that really struck me. So I'm trying to live out this year and more being a, a better husband and, and just being a better uh, image bearer of God in our, in our marriage. Um, yeah, it was really good. I think a hard thing about it is it's two days after Christmas and we were not ready for Christmas. And this, so I was working on Christmas and then Christmas came and then I had one day to get ready to go. And it was hard to do that, but it was so worth it. And we got there and it was very, I think this is different from how Faith Walkers has been maybe, but not having gone, but it was a pretty relaxed schedule. Um, with a lot of free time, which was nice, a lot of downtime um, with the kids, and so that was fun. Um, one thing I was thinking, John Myers' talk as well, he's talking about the roles of husbands and wives, and it really, was really easy for me to go, yeah, Rob really needs to listen to this, you know, this is it's good stuff, but to kind of go back and say, oh, what did he say to me? And um, it talked about... Women, and there's a verse about women being quiet in the church. It's worded that way in some versions, I think. But that wasn't really quiet. It was quietness or in quietness. And I thought, you know, that's really, it's easy to not be quiet or to be silent. But not to be in quietness, which is, I think, with my husband, I think, you know, it's easy to tell him what I think or not engage at all and hope that he leads, but not to quietly communicate with them. And, and so that was something I took away. Yeah, there, and I, I'm pretty sure if they're not there already, um, they're going to be, the, the messages will all be online from Frontline. And, and I know from Faith Walkers in the, uh, uh, what, what do they call Faith Walkers in the middle? Faith Walkers Midwest, Faith Walkers East, but Frontline. I think all of them will be available online, but uh, I do believe John's messages, he did, he, he broke it into three parts, but they were very profound on uh, the role we play as image bearers of God and how that's different from a, for a man and a woman and how that is to look in marriage. And then even leading into um, just God's design for marriage and everything that is uh, to be expressed there. It was, it was really profound uh, teaching there. So, um, Anyways, we'll uh, we'll keep going. Other um, other people who share. I know some of you got some thoughts that I will call on you if you don't volunteer. We can do this the willing way, or we can do this. Uh, uh, Zach Kaiser, where are you? Oh, here's to charity. Charity, come on down. I was just um, really encouraged by um, one statement that John Meyer had said, too, was just taking everything that you have learned in the past and just taking the whiteboard and just erasing it. And so I really enjoyed um, the verse 2 in Romans 12, too, which talks about um, don't let, don't copy the behaviors of this world, but um, allow the Lord to transform your mind and the ways of thinking, and you'll be able to... Um, know God's will for your life, and so I was just really encouraged to be able to come back, um, to be equipped, and to um, just allow the Word to take root in our hearts, and just to be able to have that, um, you know, because I think it's very easy to fall into media, or to fall into Facebook, or different things like that, and so um, not to copy those behaviors, but to be able to take the truth and um, bring it on into the new year. And, um, yeah, I had a lot of fun and just going out there, seeing the arches and everything and just soaking up the Lord's creation and um, kind of seeing the what Noah's flood had done and to the arches and the red rocks. And um, that was just really cool and really amazing to experience. All right. Zach, come on down. Why don't you give Zach a warm welcome? Hello. Um, so one thing that surprised me at the conference, um, there was a message that included the topic of empathy. Um, the verse that was shared was Romans twelve fifteen, 
It says rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. So um, empathy was basically sharing in someone else's feelings, whether they were happy or, or sad, and acknowledging them. Um, there was something about um, not just jumping into correction or truth or whatever, but really sharing in their experience. And um, before, I've never really seen the value of that. Like, I just, you know, someone's struggling with something or had a bad experience. Uh, it's just kind of like, well, how can we avoid this next time? Or, um, you know, have you had a quiet time? Go get encouraged. Um, <laughs> pretty much. Um, but the thing that surprised me is um, Greg uh, Christman. He had us get in groups of three with people we didn't know. So I got in a group with two women that I, I don't think I've ever met. And um, we were asked to share, I think, a hurt and maybe something that we missed out on um, from growing up. And, you know, we were supposed to do that in a group of three. And one person listen, the other person um, respond, and one person share. And I was just like, I don't know what to share. I mean, uh, one thing that was painful was uh, my parents divorced when I was young. And that doesn't, you know, generally hit my heart. And also something I missed out on is I didn't really have a family like I think a family should be. This is all broken up and messed up. Um, but when I shared the, that with this woman, I I almost cried. It was, like, really shocking. And then um, her job was to basically say what was on the screen. Um, I'm sorry that you had to go through that and it hurts me that, that you were hurt and I could barely contain myself. I, I wanted to cry. Um, and it was just really a satisfying thing to hear. I know she just was saying what she was told to say. I knew she was going to say it, but it was really satisfying to hear. Um, then the next day, um, one of the pastors just had some audience participation, like share something you're struggling with and you share something you're struggling with. Let's, let's hear a few things. And one guy stood up and shared, I don't know, he, he might have been struggling with some sin or needing to repent or something. And um, the pastor said, basically, he, he just acknowledged it, just maybe not with the exact words of, you know, I'm, I'm hurting that you're hurting. But I just wanted to, like, what do I have to share? Like, I want to share something. I want to hear that. Um, so I don't really know how to be empathetic, um, but I now I see the value. Like, it really is important not to just correct someone, but to share in those feelings. I'm looking for those opportunities. I don't know what to say, but at least I'm aware that it's important. And that was something that I have never known before. Yeah, just to echo that, um, again, uh, Greg Chrisman did engage with the topic of... Um, you know, uh, how can God be good, basically, if all these things are going on, these painful things going on all around us? But one of the things that he just shared was there's an opportunity to come into someone's world and, and comfort them there, you know. And, and I totally agree with Zach, and I feel like I had a kind of a, he asked us uh, after we did that exercise with three other people, just if there was any, any aha moments or things you learned. And, you know, for me, I think one of the things that I, I've learned and I'm still learning is that idea of, Sometimes I'd rather just have my heart not have a lot of emotions on it. Uh, you know, as a guy, I can just go, uh, uh, I'll stick to the logic, my heart. Let's, let's keep my heart clear. We don't want anything to make me, you know, cry or something there. Um, but, and, and then sometimes if I'm going, I'm trying to keep my heart under control and, and guard my emotions. And why in the world would I want to come into someone else's world and take on all of their emotions too? I'm just trying to deal with my own here. And, um, and yet the reason why, which, which I really came away with, was because you can show love to someone there. And to just deal with your own world and keep your ducks in a row and just try to be like, you know, have a nice uh, emotional control with no tears and no, you know... Um, but to come into someone's world and share their pain and meet them there, there's a way you can speak love to them. And, and that's why we would do that. And that's why we would leave our world and our little comfort zone to come into someone else's world and go, um, 
it hurts me, that it hurts you. And, and it's, it's really hard to do. I don't think that's natural. I think it takes a Christ-like love to come into someone's broken world and say, you know what, I know what this feels like. And, and to mourn with those who mourn and rejoice with those who rejoice. And wow, you know, I think, um, I, I know I've got a lot to, to grow in in that as well. Especially as a pastor, I think sometimes you can, you know, you, you just deal with a lot of people and trying to help them through things. But it's a lot easier to engage with someone's emotions on a logical level. And just go, well, you know, if you do this or that, or at least this didn't happen. Or, you know, that was the, the golden phrase never to say when you're grieving with someone is, well, at least uh, such and such. Try to see the silver lining in their pain, which, you know, maybe there's a time and a place for that. But generally to meet them where they're at is a, is a healthy and an encouraging and a comforting thing to do. And, and then there is a place for God is the God of truth and all these other things as well. But I know my air is to, to probably not go there emotionally so that I can mourn with someone because, you know, it, it's vulnerable and it takes um, a heart-level connection as compared to the head-level, head logical level is, is a lot easier, I find. But a lot to grow in there. Again, I believe God spoke powerfully through Greg Chrisman and his story and the loss of his dad um, and, and things like that. So, anyways, um, that's really good stuff there. Other other lessons. Kenneth, come on down. Happy New Year, everybody. Um, I did not go to uh, Frontline Faith Walkers Conference this year. Uh, around this time last year, I had gone um, and I was thinking, oh yeah, I was definitely go to Faith Walkers. I didn't know it was going to be Frontline. And then found out about Frontline. I said, like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll go to Frontline and had different ideas, different plans, but um, God had different plans for me uh, this this year, this season. Um, and just as a sidebar here, I'd like to point out, we have these books here. Uh, some of you know what these are, our um, daily devotional for faith walkers. There's also other teachings from other churches in our Greek commission in here. And so um, this is something I really haven't, gone into reading before too much, and uh, so I, I did this a little bit this year instead of going to the conference, so um, from this is from January 1st, and um, uh, it has a verse in here, and then it has a, a, a teaching, it says here, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, plans not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. And, you know, I, I think that's very encouraging. And, uh, you know, grows in my heart to... That, that God is there for, for us. And, and, and he, he, he is there to, to give us... Uh, good things, a good future, and I, I think that's something that we should all be thankful for, and we should uh, continue to pray and grow in our strength in God, and and um, if you were able to go uh, to Frontline, then uh, I know, you know, God has touched you in, in some way. If not, um, God will continue to touch you, uh, whether it, you know, it's today with all these individuals coming up there up here to share our story or it's later down the road with some other conference or just coming to church on Sunday and I hope that everybody can continue to be encouraged and to grow in their faith. All right. Very good. Thanks for sharing there, Kenneth. So we also got John. Let's give John McIntosh a warm welcome here. Well, I was really encouraged this week. I did not go to Frontline either, but I read the book of Ephesians this week, and I was really refreshed by how Paul really connected with the Ephesians where they were. And, and he would try to address, he was just really practical addressing their history. And he would say things to him like, hey, he who has been stealing must steal no longer but must work doing something useful with his own hands so that he can have something to share with those who are in need. And so these were people who had had, some of them had a history of stealing. And he said, okay, guys, no immorality. You know, uh, 
Um, he said, uh, but among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality, which is improper for God's holy people. So there were people who, some of them had kind of a history of struggling with immorality. And he said, he, um, you know, don't lie to each other. People who had, some of them had struggled with lying. And he said, uh, trying to think what I covered and what I didn't. But he just went through thing after thing after thing, challenges that these people had faced. They're very human people. And I was, in a sense, refreshed by that because of the way Paul wraps it up. And boy, if you're familiar with this, this passage, I could just grab a few more. Uh, I'm going to try to grab one more thing or two that he said to these people. He said, uh, boy... You know, uh, put off falsehood in your anger. Don't, don't sin. There's one other one. He said, get rid of bitterness, rage, and anger. Brawling and, you know, I think he said brawling and slander. Some of these guys had kind of a history of brawling. Oh, yeah, also he said, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Some of them had a struggle with alcoholism. And I could really, a number of those I could kind of relate to personally. But then he wraps it up, he says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And he wraps it up with Paul the Apostle identifying with people who had struggled with alcoholism and morality and all those other things, lying, stealing, um, brawling. <laughs> that one really speaks to me. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, and you think about that. What, what were those brawlers guys? Oh, brawler, how were you raised, Mr. Brawler? Oh, man, there was just all this stuff. But Paul brings it all together and he says, Hey, us, us guys, us apostles, us reformed whatever, we're alike in this. There's something really significant about your life. There is something really significant about your life. Finally be strong in the Lord and His mighty power and put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There's something really significant about your life. Because Paul uses that word, our. He identifies himself and you as in this epic struggle against the devil and against spiritual authorities and against a lot of really tough things out there. And yet there's something really significant that God wants to do in and through you along with Paul, the apostle. And I just want to share that thought that there's something really significant about you and there's something really, God really has something for you. And, that, and when Paul says that word, our, I just think, wow, that's so powerful. The apostle Paul and you are in an epic struggle. Enjoy that. All right, maybe a couple more and then we will shift into wrap it up mode. Is Ned floating around here somewhere or, or walking around? I don't know if he's a. Oh, here, wait, wait, there we go. We got someone. Ned, we got, we got the both of you. You guys are both in, in, in the queue here, so come on up here, Darren. Hi, I'm Ned. Thank you. Um, no, it's a, it was a really great conference, and I think my favorite teaching was John Myers, but some other people have already mentioned that. But I'd encourage you to go look that up online if you get the chance. Um, I was going to say the thing that I was encouraged by was there are several pastors. One, Greg talked about empathy. Um, Todd talked about the inclusivity of Christianity, and it's also kind of dichotomous with the exclusivity of Christianity. And then what really struck me was Pat Sokol talked about how we view the, the lost people around us and how it's easy for second-generation Christians to just become judgmental of, of um, people that aren't Christians and not very understanding of where they're coming from. And so my background is I'm an RA at CSU, and I come from an environment that's very supportive and that's, it's full of very good but very misguided people that want to enable others to live a better life. And they also um, are very encouraging of, of living like homosexual lifestyles or transgender people or, or stuff like that. And I think as a Christian in that environment, a lot of times it's easy to, to just like take up arms and want to attack them back because you feel like you're being attacked for your values. And it struck me what Pat Sokol was saying um, 
just how um, rather than than judging those people and thinking that all they need is the gospel, but rather um, how we need to approach them and be like, oh, you want to you wanna enable people to live better lives. Like, you believe in the value of human life. Like, so do I. And this is why. Not because of all these social gender issues, but because God created them, and they're created in God's image, and so every person is significant. And so just being able to, to appreciate the good things and the truth that they have and being able to draw it back to, to the Bible and God, where I think it all comes from. So that's what, that's what encouraged me or inspired me. All right, we'll have Ned. And then maybe if there's one girl, one last girl that wants to share, Kat, Anna, we get you to wrap things up here. But uh, why don't you welcome Ned, the Ned. Well, I'm Darren. Actually, I'm also known as the squeaky shoe guy. Um, I don't know why, but it's like I have all these like silly trials in my life a lot of times. And the latest one is one left shoe. It's squeaky every time I walk. I don't know why. But it started in the conference. And you're walking down this long hall to bring the coffee. And the hall is empty. And it, it's like the type of squeak like when your shoes are wet and you kind of do that like twist. It's that kind. The whole way I walk, everybody's just like, there's that guy. So I'm just like right now trying to just recover from that. And I think there's probably some tears I can apply to Greg's thing for that. Um, Anyway. Um, So for me, kind of going back to trials, it seems like the more that I feel like I'm coated by trials, kind of like the snows falling and coats the the city. I feel like my life can sometimes get just so coated by trials and trials and trials that uh, it, it starts to become where God starts to feel a little paper thin, where my my uh, my view of Him, His depth, His richness, starts to take a quality that's just very superficial or somewhat lacking, where. There's just not that, there's not that depth anymore that allows the trials that cover me to be okay. And uh, so I was, uh, you know, listening to, I think John Meyer was sharing something about gender roles. And, uh, oh, as he was, and as other pastors were, it was really good to be at this conference. It's kind of like you're giving God a chunk of your time where you're just saying, God, I'm going to allow my face to turn to you and just look at you for a little longer than I do. And that was what was happening for me. It's like these pastors are just guiding your face. They're just nudging your chin to look at God. No, no, keep looking at God. And you just, hour after hour, you just keep having these experiences where you get to just look at God. And as that happens, you start to go, wait a minute, I, I, I recognize this person again. He, he, he has richness. He has goodness. But a lot of times, as I can just get coated with all the things of life, I just don't give him that time to just remind me of his richness. And so I was really grateful just, just that Faith Walk or Frontline would do that for us, is just give us a chance to see God in, in more f- a full picture as we behold his glory, basically. Because then, then you look at some of the things that are weighing you down, and you're like, Oh, I, God's rich in this. I can handle this. Um, and one thing that really struck me about what John Meyer shared about gender roles and stuff is it seemed like there was a, a constant theme of everyone wondering, is God good when we consider this in the world? Or when there's this going on, how can we know that God's good? And a lot of times as we're hearing these Q&A times, I'm like, yeah, I wonder what the pastor will say. I mean, I, I can believe God's good, but that's a hard question. How, how do we answer that? And it also came back to me, and how do I respond when I face the trials? Is God good? Because a lot of times recently I've been like, God, you're seeming a little less good today than yesterday. And then the next day goes by, God, you're a little less good to me. I don't know. This just feels like the love and the goodness that I believed in you is starting to become now where I feel like maybe maybe I'm more good and more loving because what I would see in my life is not what's happening. And so all this trials, like, what's the good? Where's the love? And uh, as John was talking, he was sharing just something like where God, God brings into your life 
only what comes from him and his love and goodness uh, is it's like anything that he brings in your life it's like filtered down through his goodness it's filtered through his love so that what you're experiencing is raw God sent love in one word, one word or so. I mean, he didn't say it quite like that, but that's kind of how I took it. And it, sometimes it's a struggle to like remind yourself, how, how does God, how have you shown me that you love me when I'm facing all these things? And uh, I, I sometimes try to think of, well, Jesus died for me. God showed me his love by dying for me. But sometimes that's hard for me to wrap my head around day after day. So this was kind of refreshing, the thought of, um, I'm, not, I'm not a better lover than God. I'm not a better good maker than God. Uh, I'm actually, I'm actually pretty pathetic. And I just was able to inverse it and put God back on his place of God is far better than I am. And he's far more loving than I am. He thought of love. Love is his very nature. Goodness comes easily to him. Goodness does not come easily to me. And yet I'm kind of sitting in judgment of his goodness. I'm sitting in judgment of his love when I'm the one who's more incapable of loving than he is. So it was just kind of good to wrap my head around the idea that, wait a minute, uh, he's not a product of me. I'm a product of him. And it starts with him bringing his love into my life. So anyway, I don't know if any of that makes sense, but that, that made sense to me. Just this idea of I, I'm actually getting filtered into my life, God's love, and my trials I might translate to be um, maybe God's not loving. But when I realize that I'm, I'm not so good at loving and God really is, it, it kind of puts me in a place where I can actually, a place of faith, a place of trust, where I'm like, God, I'm going to have to trust that what's coming into my life right now really is coming from your loving hand. And uh, I don't know, it was just good to wrap my head around that and uh, think about that more during the conference. Thank you. Right, uh, Anna and Kat, why don't you welcome them both up here? I think one, just one thing that I enjoyed most from the conference was just my sisterhood, getting to share a room with five other girls and um, just running alongside these women. It's really fun and it's encouraging. It's um, awesome. I have two awesome sisters in my family and it's just great how God puts us in a bigger family and just makes our family bigger and bigger. And I, I just really enjoyed that, I think, the most. Um, this is my first year at Frontline, and I just really enjoyed it. Um, one of the things that encouraged me at the women's conference, they showed, like, a picture of, like, like a person with, like, a bunch of, like, nails and, um, and how we all feel, like, broken. And I kind of, like, felt that way before the conference. But just like struggling, um, just with myself, and and I was just um, just that like picture. I just felt like that before the conference, just like struggling and like like hating myself, and just um, and then um, just um, it was encouraging how like God wants um, us to be like princesses. He doesn't want us feeling that way, and just very encouraging how. Like he loves us, and one of the songs that we sung at Frontline, um, "Lord, I Need You," like every hour I need you. Um, I just that encouraged me too because um, I just realized how much I needed to depend on God when I like struggle um, in the times when I like get depressed, um, and I also enjoy just spending time with, like um, Anna was saying, just the woman. Um, like Charity and Anna, and it was just a great time. And going to the arches and the canyons it was just very encouraging. Seeing all the creation that God made, and yeah, I had a great time. Very good. Well, that's uh, yeah, it was neat to see how many for that conference, how many it was their first conference that they've ever been to. There were a number of people there like that. And, uh, you know, you can sometimes grow familiar with uh, conferences and, and God's Word and things like that. But um, it was just good to be reminded of that, um, you know, God's Word can change us, can bless us. 
any time we apply it to our lives, not whether it's the first time or whether it's the 12th or however many times you've heard something shared there. And so, um, you know, I'm just going to close with one thought that I've uh, left, was left with from the conference and, and leave it with you to think about this week and, and as we get ready for just uh, looking forward to the new year and, and things that are ahead of us individually and as a church this year. Um, but, you know... Um, for me, the conference was, uh, you know, I spoke at it, and um, I was sharing just um, on uh, overcoming sin, overcoming sexual sin was my topic, and, you know, it's kind of like, how did I get stuck with this, um, was a question I asked. But some, my experience going into the conference and going into Christmas was I had my, my notes ready, my PowerPoint ready. I felt like in some ways going into the Christmas break, I, I was walking on water, just kind of going, this is going to be good, this is going to be powerful, and, and the closer it got to the conference, the more, um, you know, my experience was like, I don't know if you've ever heard of the concept of too many chefs in the kitchen, um, where people start adding things to it and stuff, and, and that was my experience, except I was the only chef in the kitchen, but I was kind of like, oh, how about a little of this, and whoa, that verse is good, and, and Genesis, yeah, Leviticus, that sounds good, you know, and I just, by the time I was done, I went from walking on water to like, Lord, save me, I feel like I'm going to drown, um, and unfortunately, I taught on the third day there, so I was kind of a, a zombie going into I felt bad for Greg and uh, for my roommates there because it was like I was there but I wasn't there. I was talking and yet I was thinking about should I get rid of that point or should I add three more to replace that point? Um, and, and I was really, you know, my wife saw that coming and she decided to stay home and stay here uh, with the kids and, and deal with that here which was a really, probably a really great strategic choice. Um, but that was her first time ever not going to a Faith Walkers conference and and she said, technically, it wasn't a faith walker, so I still got a streak going here. I know Sarah is saying the same thing there as well. But, um, but anyways, uh, so the teachings were all really good. And yet the one I probably heard the clearest on was the one after I was done. I heard Steve Nelson did a profound teaching on overcoming the flesh and talked about... Um, really what it means to be a disciple. Really, John had planted a seed the day before that, but John asked the question, um, you know, he was talking to men about uh, fighting the fight of sexual purity, and, and really he just said, at some point you just got to stop and ask the question, do I want to be a disciple of Jesus here or what? Because if I don't, you know, who cares? There's a lot of different ways to skin this cat and whatever, but if I want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ in this um, that's the question I got to answer. Do I want to follow Jesus or not in this? Do I want to be his disciple? And then Steve Nelson kicked off his teaching by just asking a question early on. He just asked the question, um, where is your treasure? Where is your treasure? And he quoted the verse, you know, um, I've got, uh, I wrote down just even, there's, it's in Matthew 6, it's in Luke 12, but he says, wherever your treasure is, there your heart and your thoughts will be also. But he just asked the question, where, where is your treasure? We all know the answer theologically, theoretically, where our treasure is. But, you know, really this verse kind of shows um, where your thoughts gravitate towards where they have been going, where your value has been going, where your effort and your energy and your money, where, where that's going, that is where your treasure is. Now you can say it's in heaven and it's following Jesus, but the reality is the data from our last year betrays where our treasure really is and where our thoughts naturally gravitate towards, uh, whether it's about money, whether it's about our dreams, whether it's about our stuff or our relationships. Um, our treasure is there, and we know where it should be. And, and so I was just struck by the thought of, uh, is my treasure where, you know, is it in being a disciple of Jesus Christ, in putting his kingdom first? And, you know, um, I, I think there's just a lot of, of things to, to wrestle with there. But I'd encourage you, you know, one of the action steps is just to evaluate your last year. We'd all, if we took a test that said, where should our treasure be? We'd all check, you know, eternity, heaven, Jesus. But when we take a look over this past year and, and sift through the data, the reality of where did my significance get found? Where was I looking for this? Um, and we just probably need to compare if, if the data of where it has been and where it is today is, is where it should be, you know, um, where... Where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. And I've just been thinking about the idea of uh, when we first um, started following Christ. This, this is a verse I wrote down in my journal here as well, but it's Matthew uh, thirteen forty four. But it just says, The kingdom of heaven is, is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then it, 
In his joy, he went and sold all that he had, and he bought the field. Um, You know, and I don't know about you, but when I first began following Christ, I was like, this Jesus is everything, and his kingdom is everything. And I, I... cleared out all that I had, all my priorities, and I go, I want to follow Jesus. I sold it all, and I go, I'm putting all my eggs in this basket. And when we live lives like that, um, I think everything else flows from that. When Jesus is first, you know, we're going to be better spouses. We're going to be better parents. We're going to be better employees. We're going to, it's going to flow into everything else that we do. But if we rearrange things and we go, you know, my career is the top of, of my thoughts, or, or my parenting, or my relationships are, and we get it out of order, as good as it sounds, I think we short-circuit it. And, and I was just comparing the idea of, imagine, you know, he goes on to talk about the pearl of great value. Someone found this pearl, and they sold everything they had, and they took the pearl. But sometimes I think, as a follower of Christ, we can be tempted to take, I put all my eggs in this basket, but you know, we, we then apply worldly wisdom. And, and what does the world tell us about our investments? We need to diversify. Whatever you do, don't put all your eggs in one basket. And, and Jesus said, hey, you know what? Um, the kingdom is someone who sees it and they put all their eggs in that basket. And I, I think sometimes I go, I, I sold everything for this treasure or to get this pearl. And, and now I'm kind of buying into the idea that maybe I ought to take the pearl back and, and resell it and, and diversify my investments into some to God and some to my relationships and some to my career and my dreams. And, and we try to make the Christian life about something different than Jesus taught. And, and Jesus... Steve Nelson went on just to compare, hey, here's things that will prevent you from following Jesus. Your stuff, your relationships, your, anything that gets in the way of following him um, is going to rob you of, of what the true Christian life is like and being a disciple. And So I just want to leave us thinking here, just to take some time, maybe this next week, and evaluate where has your treasure really been? I mean, we all know Jesus in heaven, right? But... Where have your thoughts, your fears, your anxieties, what, what, what has been the pull for you? And, and be honest about it. And just go, you know what, Lord, I'm, I think I have reprioritized. Or I've given you a piece of the pie. And, and I've traded in the pearl of great price. And, and I'm trying to diversify my interests here. Um, and maybe we need to get back to being a disciple of Jesus first. And let everything else take its place, uh, its proper place in that. You know, just like... Like Jesus taught again and again, there's other things that will have to be orders of magnitude less important than him, the one who, who gave us anything that we have. And so, anyways, we'll, we'll uh, maybe think about that this week and see where your treasure is and where maybe it should be and, and how to make adjustments. That might be something you can take in your small groups to talk about this week. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about some things just related to where God might want us to, to have that treasure be, how to take steps of faith for this new year, how to you know, some things maybe to aim for individually and as a church here. But I'm going to go ahead and pray. We'll call it a morning here. Well, Lord Jesus, we do, uh, we do just thank you that you are the teacher. You are our Lord. You are teaching each one of us lessons if we would learn them, Lord. And I pray you'd help us. Lord, help each one of us to engage with what you have, your agenda for, for us, your curriculum for us right now, today, this year. Lord, help us to to learn those lessons. Help us to yield to you in those lessons. Help us to follow you, Lord. You you created us, Lord. You've got everything that we need. And and Lord, help us to live for you. um, And that that would flow into everything else we do. um, That would flow and make those things even better. Lord, so we just ask for your help, your guidance into this new year. We thank you for being with us, whatever our experience through this Christmas and this New Year's uh, celebration. And we look forward to enjoying you and following you into your plans um, this year. We, we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you guys, thanks for joining us this morning. Hopefully we'll catch you next uh, Sunday morning right here. And also talk to your small group leaders about your game plan for for this Wednesday night, your small group. So thanks again and have a, a great rest of the day.